Today, I talk to Promise Phelan. Promise is a serial entrepreneur who has a proven track record raising capital, transforming, exiting, and buying companies. I talked to Promise about her new book, The Way of the Growth Warrior. The book contains seven non-negotiable skills and is designed to help underdogs navigate the startup system. Enjoy the interview. Welcome to the Business Bookshelf Podcast. I'm your host, Lance Pepler. The purpose of this podcast is to bring you thought leaders from around the world and having thought-provoking discussions in a light-friendly manner. This show is sponsored by Ideastorm, focusing on exponential innovation and leadership. So visit www.ideastorm.co.za to book a free strategy session. Today, our guest is Promise Phelan. Promise is a serial entrepreneur who has a proven track record raising capital, transforming, exiting, and buying companies. She has helped large tech organizations leverage the voice of the customer to drive strategic change, architect and execute business model transformations, and then also drive value for startups. She seeks to be the champion of the underdog, to guide companies as a member of the board of directors, and to manifest explosive growth for every deal that she touches. She is the CEO and founder of The Growth Warrior, which aims to help people and organizations to win in these uncertain times. Today, I talked to Promise about her new book, The Way of the Growth Warrior. The book contains seven non-negotiable skills and is designed to help underdogs navigate the startup ecosystem. I start by asking Promise where, am I, where I'm speaking to her from today. Yeah, I'm uh, on the West Coast in California right now, so uh, enjoying uh, our beautiful fall transition here. And whereabouts in California? Are you in San Francisco right now? Yeah, I'm in the Bay Area, which is uh, where I've spent most of my career. Yeah, San Francisco. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and the listeners. And Promise, you've had a really successful and varied career. Could you give us a brief overview of it for the listeners? Yeah, thank you. Um, And um, yeah, so I, you know, had, had, you know, grew up in a, a our, uh, a state in America called Texas, and then um, uh, you know moved to California with the aspiration of becoming a um, you know an entrepreneur, which was you know di- which has no definition of what it is. Mm-hmm. But I would say that that was probably the decision in my life that was most um, significant, which was leaving Texas and going to California, um, which at the time and even today is extremely robust in terms of entrepreneurship technology, new companies, venture capital. And so I've spent most of my career, um, I would say the last you know, 15 years, really as a, um, a venture backed, so uh, venture capital backed uh, turnaround CEO. And uh, you, you mentioned that you were at Oracle for a while. So I started yeah. my, my career very, very early um, at, a, at a competitor called BEA, who eventually was bought by Oracle for about $8 billion, But of course, you know that. Mm-hmm. So my career has really consisted of, you know, uh, being a visionary and then attracting the resources, you know, people and money to create those visions. Um, you know, second, building teams. And, um, and I would say on some level, since we'll talk about organization, you know, building my own brand of um, building my own brand of kind of leadership. Mm-hmm. And then third is, is really sort of casting out and, you know, either um, transitioning and selling those companies 
or um, what I've done in the last few years, which is I've become a buyer of companies. So it's been a varied career. Um, it all centers around entrepreneurship and, um, you know, in it exists my ongoing love and passion for mentoring and underdogs. Wow. So I, I hope that's a, a, a good uh, kind of run through of, of who I've been and where I've been. Yeah, thank you so much, Thomas. That was great. And so huge congratulations on your book, The Way of the Growth Warrior. And that encapsulates what you just spoke about now with entrepreneurship and growth. But what led you to, to you know, it's quite a, a hard job writing a book. What led you to writing it? And can you give us a brief overview of it? Yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, it's all these uh, inflection points, right? I mean, if we go back to them. So I would say that um, in, in mid-2018, July of 2018, um, the, um, the company that I was running, Tap Influence, we had just completed the company sale um, to a public company. And I was sitting in the room with lawyers and bankers and someone said, you know, how does it feel to be one of six women of color who've done what you've done? And, and Lance, I, I thought this year, you know, uh, mm. and they said, no, 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 like forever, um, you know, come from Silicon Valley, um, not have the pedigree, you know, so didn't go to Harvard, didn't go to Stanford, didn't go to Yale, didn't go to Oxford, didn't go to any of those places, <laughs> um, but have raised the amount of money, had the success and, you know, successfully sold a company to another company, mm. tech company. And mm. I thought, wow, how many? And so they had been looking, I guess, kind of curiously and I remember sitting there and thinking, and this is really, I think, a moment where I sort of changed who I am, is I realized if, it's, if there's only six of us, right, if that number is true and we're in single digits, then on some level I have a responsibility to help others get there. Mm. And so what I decided to do was write a book, and I, I knew that I didn't want to write a memoir because... You know, I'm not Oprah or Jay-Z or, or you know, Nelson, <laughs> right? Uh, so I decided, okay, I, I need to write a book about the how. Mm. What skills do you need? Who do you need to become in order to attract that capital? Mm. And who do you need to become to set your company up for exit? Like, who do you need to become? And so um, I spent about a year really writing that book from a place of distilling the skills that I have, but also talking to, you know, hundreds of entrepreneurs who've been successful, who were underdogs to find out what skills they have. And so we boiled it down to seven mm. and you're going to love this lunch. They're non-negotiable, right? You got to have them. <laughs> so, um, you need to, I want people to have them all. And so when I mentor, I actually mentor around these specific um, skill sets. So these skills, the, the seven non-negotiable skills are really pertinent to me because I'm a relatively new entrepreneur. I've left Oracle in February this year to start my own company. And then I'm also thinking of another startup, which I want to invest in. So I'm really interested in learning these things from you as well. So promise, what are the seven non-negotiable skills that I need to have in order to be successful? <laughs> yeah, so it's, and I, I imagine, I'm going to go on the limb here. Mm. I imagine that you have um, many of them, right? I so, hope so. <laughs> yeah, I think you do. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so the skills really boil down to um, 
you know, skills that every entrepreneur needs, regardless of sort of where they are in their business. Hmm. So um, the first skill, and and we're we're pretty, you know, adamant. Of, I'm pretty adamant about it. I'll just say that um, that you know, at the end of the day, you need to be able to sell your ideas. And mm-hmm. so the way that you quote unquote, sell your ideas is by telling a story. And so the first non-negotiable skill is really about um, how do you articulate what we call a warrior story? Mm-hmm. And so a warrior story is a way of talking about yourself that is not a chronological, you know, exhausting, uh, you know, diatribe of all the things that you've done because no one's listening, but it's a way to tell your story that gets you to a place where you can connect with someone else. And so the first skill revolves around sort of managing yourself and then getting yourself skill two to be able to tell your story. Skill three is what I call, um, forming anti-fragile relationships. So, um, God, about 10 years ago, um, a famous global economist wrote a, a book um, called Anti-Fragile. Mm. And underneath that book was the idea that individuals need to be um, in a place where they actually grow and, and evolve from chaos and challenge. And so I believe that when you're doing business, when you think about that, you know, that 15 year career at Oracle, you have some relationships that got better as a result of challenge. And so as an entrepreneur, that is a skill set, which is, you know, you don't break up with people. You don't have, um, you know, you don't have issues where you blow up the relationship. You actually use chaos and situations and challenges to sweeten those relationships because you'll need them. So skill, that's skill number three. Skill number oh, four I would is, love to delve into that a bit more afterwards, but skill number four, yeah? How to build a dream team. And dream team. Yeah, and it comes from a place, Lance, of, of not like titles and roles, but more positions. Mm-hmm. And it, I, I debunk ideas around delegation. I don't believe in delegation. Um, I talk a lot about how do you um, really understand um, you know, who you are and build a team based on your strengths. And so the idea of kind of living in your zone of genius and finding other people who are living in theirs. And so that's skill four. Skill five is to really understand the market that you're serving. So as you're building a business, I imagine you're thinking about how big is this market? Who are my ideal customers? What's my go-to-market strategy? Well, as an entrepreneur, sometimes I think we think, oh my God, my business is failing and I don't know why. Sometimes it's because you have the wrong customer or you're in the wrong market. And I know that sounds overly simplified, but look at, you know, a lot of the big companies around us, they're constantly pivoting into different markets because they know that's where the resources, money and growth are. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, knowing your market really, really well, not only helps you figure out who the right customers are, but how to build products that really support and enable those relationships. Um, Skill number six is um, one that I talk a lot about these last two. So skill number six is how to build your company for an eventual exit. Um, You know, someone told me recently that, you know, in the US, 10,000 people turn 65 every day. Mm. And a lot of those people were business owners and a lot of them have no plan for how to exit their companies. And so as, as you're well, building their retirement, a lot of the time, isn't it? It is, but mm-hmm. you know what? Many of them are not set up 
organizationally, spiritually, mm. um, you know, what is the succession plan to actually exit? Mm. And they don't have the relationships needed. Mm. And so a lot of these companies just fail. And so skill number six is important. It's how to build your company for an eventual exit. Mm. And then the last is capitalize everything you do. So knowing where and how to find capital to grow your company. And so those are the seven skills. And again, they're non-negotiable. You got to have them all, everything from self-management <laughs> to capitalization. And um, I can drill into any of them. We go into stories and examples and use cases that are real um, of how these um, experiences and, and skills get applied. So I'm going to be selfish um, I, and I'm not often selfish on my podcast, but maybe somebody has also got the same issue I'm hoping, but about the anti-fragile relationships. And I'm in the stage of my business entrepreneur business uh, where I'm forming relationships with powerful people and, yes. and three of them in particular, one American, British, Australian, and then a Canadian and I'm always wondering, how do I take this forward? Am I pestering this person? How do I take it to the next level? How do you know I engage with this person? And I'm interested to know what that anti-fragile means. That just means you're building solid relationships that don't easily break. But can you give us, me some insight on how to do that? Wow, that's such a great question. Um, so let's first ask the question of why. Hmm. And here's the question why. So when you're an entrepreneur, um, you are, as I would imagine, I'm, I'm not going to project here. I'll talk about myself. <laughs> I've been in a place where, you know, uh, an idea or concept that maybe my team and I were working on, you know, in year one evolves and becomes something else. Mm. And so you need different resources, different support systems, you need different tools. And so you as an entrepreneur need your network to kind of bend to support you in these different ways. And so you need, you need support. You need forgiveness. Um, sometimes what you're working on in the short term isn't successful. Sometimes, you know, uh, it takes longer than, than you thought it was going to take. Mm. Sometimes we have a global pandemic and the contracts that you had with your customers, it is no longer possible for you to sustain, mm. right? So th there are all these things that happen, chaos. Like we are living in a constant state of the unknown. And so to expect relationships to be stable and predictable is really impossible and, and almost a kind of um, ridiculous. Okay. <laughs> and so building the why is build your relationships so that they don't require perfection, right? That's mm. kind of the, the underlying tone, right? So, so, so you're talking mainly about your customers there or maybe your suppliers, your customers, your suppliers, your investors. Let's say that you investors. talk to your investors and you say, look, I only need X amount of money and I'm going to return your investment in two years. We have this little global pandemic. You can't do it. <laughs> so, um, Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, that's, so that's the, really true, yeah. So the, the why is, the why is how do you, build the, the, the why is like is is i need to be flexible in these relationships i need them to bounce back right mm. um and then the, the how is you you come from a place of vulnerability and honesty you are proactive in giving updates to your network you make sure that you understand what their needs are and you give first mm. um so give value right? as much as possible 
Because that, that's what I'm trying to do is focus on value, value, value. But then it's such a fine line between doing that and being needy in a way, because obviously the entrepreneur needs the investor more possibly than the investor needs the entrepreneur or the, the entrepreneur, the new entrepreneur needs the partner more than the partner needs you. And so it's Is almost like, um, it feels like it from my perspective. <laughs> oh, interesting. I, I, I think the need is, is, is typically, sorry to interrupt you. I think the need yeah, is typically yeah. mutual. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk about the investor for a second. This is actually a really good, there are a lot of investors in this world. There are trillions of capital, trillions of dollars in capital looking for great opportunities. Mm -hmm. And if you think about what is the most unique skill set, it's the skill set of the entrepreneur, what you can do, Lance. Mm -hmm. And so the, the and I wouldn't put them on a hierarchy because that sets up a whole other, other set of issues. But what if the investor and the entrepreneur both needed each other equally? Mm -hmm. And so that's thinking of it as a hierarchy, which is you are in a position different from me, or I need you more than you need me. It really is the, that's where the quest should start. How do I get this to a this relationship to a place where we are both benefiting equally from it? Mm -hmm. And at the root of anti-fragile is a belief that Lance, I have just as much to offer you as you do me. Mm. Yeah, no, that's right. So you got to, get the imposter syndrome out of your system and then know your value when you're engaging these people, I guess. Um, and then show up vulnerably in those relationships and be honest, hmm. give first. Um, you know, I, in, in the book, I talk about a couple of examples where, you know, customers fired us um, when hmm. I was running you know, various different companies. And there are ways where you can just like ta-ta and throw your toys at them and walk away. And there are others where you engage and learn and enrich the relationship. And there have been times where that customer comes back and you build something completely new versus, you know, sort of bank on it being the way that it was set out to be. So mm. I guess at a high level, and sorry to, to belabor this, the anti-fragility comes from the realness of what happens in business. And so we've got to get away from assuming that if anything goes wrong, A, it's our fault, and B, that it's fatal or final. Mm, that's brilliant. So just to recap the seven things again, it's number one is the warrior story. Number two is tell your story. Number three is anti-fragile relationships and chaos and challenge. Four is build a dream team. Five is understand your market. Six is build a company for an exit. And seven is capitalize on everything you do. So, and obviously, if we want to, we, we don't have time to go into any more of these, but we need to read your book, The Way of the Growth Warrior. Yes, please. <laughs> so, promise, moving on to a few other things. Uh, I've got in front of me the Warrior Report for 2020 that you produced, which is great. It's a nice infographic, et cetera. Um, do you produce one every year or is it a few times a year? And maybe you could take us through a few highlights of the Warrior Report and where we can get it. Oh, my goodness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what's interesting about that question is we um, we started it last year and really the goal was to try to <laughs> um, really understand what um, what was happening from a data standpoint 
mm. with, uh, with entrepreneurs. And so um, we got deep into it and realized, wow, so there's all this data out there. And so in the report, you can find, you know, the number of women entrepreneurs who get funded, the number of um, exiting companies. So you can sort of find all the pieces and parts of data that will help you, um, you know, understand what's going on kind of in the real world entrepreneurs. And it's mostly around, we changed it a bit this year and we looked at how COVID or how uncertain times were impacting different entrepreneurs. So that that's one thing that uh, we did a little differently this year, but yeah, it's a yearly annual thing. Um, we scan the market for data on what's happening to underdogs around funding company exits, growth, capital. We look at the whole gamut and we also look at board. So we sort of get our, a, a broader view of what's happening across um, the sort of, uh, you know, landscape for, for them. And so present that in the report. It's always free. And so you can go to our website, um, thegrowthwarrior.com, and you can download the underdog report for free. It's really simple um, and, and very easy to do. So that's, that's a, the simple way to do it. The, the one that we will do next year will be a little different. I think you'll like this. Oh. We're, um, we're working with a lot of individual entrepreneurs to actually help them get funded lands. And so we're going to have in this next report, longitudinal qualitative data and quantitative data on what happens to those entrepreneurs. So how long does it take for them to get funded? What's the process for an underdog to get funded versus, you know, a more traditional entrepreneur? So we'll actually have specific quantifiable data that comes from a cohort that we are working with on a daily basis. So will be able to show, you know, you know, you and others who are underdogs, what it takes and how to get there. So I, I'm just super excited about our 2021 uh, report. Mm, super. We look forward to that. And from this 2021, and I presume it's bigger than the infographic that I've got, but it says seven steps for underdog entrepreneurs to get funding. So that's really interesting. And so people can look at that step one to step seven. And, you know, step three is go from six to 60. It's a number yeah. game, pitch 60 investors, not six. And that, I suppose, just speaks about tenacity and perseverance in getting funding that if you don't succeed once, try 60 times. <laughs> yeah. And to that point is there is some, I, I, I come from the belief, Lance, that there is someone out there who's looking to fund your business. Mm. And so the question is, a lot of people get discouraged at six. 60 gives you a lot more data, obviously, but it also allows you to have more touch points because there's someone there to fund your business. And if you haven't been funded at six, it's not necessarily indicative that your company cannot be funded. The opposite is probably true. <laughs> it's the same with authors, I guess. They've got to approach so many publishers until they either self-publish yes. or find the publisher that's going to do it for them. Um, but it's true in life with anything, I suppose. So, Promise, can you tell us about the Growth Warrior Mastermind that you hold? Are you holding one at the moment? Are you going to be holding one in the future? Yes. So we have a mastermind that uh, starts in um, starts in October, and it's it's for um, you know individuals who are seeking funding. Hmm. And so let's first back up and, and define what an underdog is. So okay. Um, uh, underdogs are individuals who don't fit the kind of norm, mm. right? So they're 
they're not, you know, uh, you know, they might be of color, they might be um, LGBTQIA, they might be, um, you know, other abled, they might have, you know, they might not have finished college, they might, you know, there's all these things that these groups of people, they might be over 40. So you've got a group of people who really don't fit kind of the classic um, entrepreneur, they're not the Mark Zuckerberg to the world. And so um, the, 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 the mastermind is something that I do. It's an eight week, um, it's an eight week sort of uh, mastermind where we go through all the seven skills and these entrepreneurs learn how to focus on that last one, which is to get funding for their companies. And so we typically target entrepreneurs who are seeking, you know, seed capital or angel investment or what's called series A. And so we get them early in their company's growth and um, help them really help them scale and figure out how to get the, the necessary capital that they need. And so it's both conditioning and connections. So I'm working with them on what the process is. And then I'm making introductions to them um, on, you know, sort of who to talk to and what relationships they need to win. And so that's a, that's a part of the program. And when does your, does it, how long does it last? And when does your October intake take place? So we're we're in the the review process right now. Okay. Um, there are ten there are ten seats, um, and I'm sponsoring this group. So uh, this group is gonna is gonna get in for essentially free. They're gonna have to work wow. hard, but they'll get it for free. And um, you know, at the end, they will have you know millions in value, right? From from how to get funding. So it starts uh, the last week of October, and it goes for. Um, it goes for uh, eight weeks, eight and weeks. so it ends sort of end of this year. Okay, I might have to uh, release this podcast very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> you should release it immediately. <laughs> okay, if you good. go to our web, if you go to our website, you can find everything. And um, if you sign up for um, our newsletter, you'll get all the details about the about the um, the entrepreneurs and about how to get in. But can easily send that over to you if it's if it's of interest. Um. I, I wanted to, to say that I'm an underdog myself. I don't fit any yeah. of the female, black, or LGB you know, category, but I'm an introvert, and that's enough of a, a problem in, as an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to, to, to try and be an entrepreneur as, a, as an introvert is a bit of a challenge. Anyway. Well, and I, yeah, interesting. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I love introverts, and they're some of my best team members. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. I can see why you feel that way. <laughs> So you've got a very active blog, which I get emails uh, at least once a week or more than once a week, actually. Hey? And that's on thegrowthwarrior.com. And, and there's so many valuable resources that you've got here. Five ways in which investors say no. Um, you know, craft your warrior story, mastering self-management. How often do you write a, a blog on your website? I'm literally, we're writing constantly. I have a mm -hmm. private email that I send out um, every couple of weeks called the Six Bullet Sunday, and where, where I talk about mm -hmm. what's on my mind, what I'm reading, what I'm looking at, who I'm talking to. So that's going out every couple of weeks. We've mm -hmm. got our, week, our weekly warrior, which goes out each week and talks specifically to the underdog entrepreneur. So we're, I mean, we have a, I have a full team that all they do is, is write. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And that's just by signing up. So if you go on to thegrowthwarrior.com the and then it's the newsletter, hey, you can just sign up for the newsletter. Exactly. 
No, it's really, really excellent. It's a lot of valuable advice here that you can get. Um, so I promise I've got to the end of the questions I was going to ask you. And you wanted to make this interview interactive, but so far it's been one way. <laughs> I don't if that's fine for you or if you want to ask me any questions or... And May I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Please I'd do. I'd love to if you're open to it. Um, okay. I mean, I... You, when we first started talking, you really identified as an as an entrepreneur um, and as an underdog. And so I'm I'm really curious, what in that underdog um, definition did you do you see in yourself? Hmm. Well, it's because I've always had sort of I've always worked for corporates. I've never been mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, and I'm only really an entrepreneur by necessity. Um, and so, although. I am enjoying it. It's a lot more scary than I imagine it, than I'm used to. So I, I'm used to a life that isn't, you know, that I get a monthly salary every month and a mm. bonus if I work hard. And although <laughs> I, I see the benefits of, of getting, you know, wealthy potentially, I also see the risk of losing my house and sleeping in a tent for the rest of my life. Um, right. And that's a scary position for me to be. So, I don't know, part of me wants to go back and find a nice corporate job, but part of me also is enjoying this adventure that I'm on. Yeah, and so what about that feels like an underdog to you? I'm just curious, is there, is it the, um, is it kind of the, what you were saying about, um, you know, being an introvert or is, mm -hmm. is there more there? I, I think it's just all the different elements of being an entrepreneur. So, you know, the value and trying to get your message out there and getting people's attention and, you know, and, and then building relationships and networking and all these different things that an entrepreneur needs to have. And some people seem to do that more easily than others, I think. Right. And, and so, I, well, for me, it seems like I have to learn those skills all the time and perfect them while perhaps other people have a more easier way of, maybe they're born introverts, uh, extroverts, and I'm, I'm not <laughs> entrepreneurs, and I'm more someone who has to learn the entrepreneur way, perhaps. Okay, got it. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I'd love to just say, um, you know, just really quick that, as you as you're thinking about these as um, as you know sort of challenges, I would invite us to sort of think about are there other people who have these skills maybe naturally and would view yours as massive assets. And so it's in the book I talk about this, Lance, which is mm. you know we expect to kind of be everything and all things when we're building companies, and that's unrealistic. And so what's important is when you're building out your dream team, you're actually thinking about what is my true zone of genius? Like, where am I? How do I work in a way that shows up where time is lost? You know, I can't imagine doing anything other than what I'm doing. And then how do we find people who are compliments to that? And so I would invite, you know, this is a great opportunity for a co-founder or for a really strong, you know, second, if you will, who really, really compliments you and maybe has some of those um, complementary skills that maybe don't exist right now. And so I would take, I would encourage if we were, if we were in a mentoring relationship to take less pressure off yourself to be all things to everyone and more focusing on harnessing the existing strengths and, and genius that you do have 
with someone else's and combining mm-hmm. them. Um, I've built businesses yes. with highly operational people. I'm much more outgoing. I can raise money and I can get really good at that. Or I can go back and try to be all the operational things. And I think it's more successful if you have a partner or a team that can complement you in those ways. So thank you so much for taking thank the you. time. I really appreciate it. Um, and I really enjoyed speaking to you. Thank you so, so much. Same here. Thanks so much, Lance. Have a great one. Cheers. You, bye-bye. Bye. Has this interview inspired you to buy Promise's book, The Growth Warrior? Then can I ask you to go to my website, www.ideastorm.co.za, click on the Buy Books tab and buy the book from there. You'll also find other best-selling books that have been featured on this podcast. So thank you very much. I really highly recommend her book. Fantastic stuff. And until next week, stay safe and stay well. Stay well.